0: Welcome back to another episode of THP Strength. We have been rolling this month trying to put out as much content as we possibly can and stay as consistent as we possibly can and I feel like we're doing pretty well so we're going to keep it going. Today's topic is going to be weightlifting and the benefits of weightlifting specifically clean and jerk and snatch and why those lifts are major staples in my programming. But before that, we just want you guys to know that this week's podcast is brought to you by Legion Supplements. It is one of the biggest or one of the biggest questions that we get asked is how to improve recovery. One of the only ways to do this is to give yourself and your body more bioavailability so that you have the substrates that you need to optimally let your body repair itself. Personally, right now, I am religiously taking my fish oil. I also take the multivitamin to optimize my hormone profile i had a hormone profile done and it indicated that i needed more vitamin d to allow me to increase my not total testosterone but free testosterone so i have been religiously taking their supplements because they are evidence-based and i know i know i'm getting enough of the supplements that i actually need i'm also religious about taking fish oil because that can decrease shbg which mine was high meaning that my testosterone is not binding to this or this hormone is too high. So it's actually binding and grabbing the testosterone that I want to bind to other receptor proteins in the body to allow me to adapt and be a better athlete. That's the reason why <laughs> that's the specifics of it. Highly would recommend at least getting on those two supplements, the fish oil and the multivitamin. I also use their protein because it tastes good it mixes easily. And it's nice to just buy everything in one place, have it all shipped here and then I can use it. That all said, we'll get into it here. First time hearing about weightlifting. Hunter, what was your first experience hearing about weightlifting? Maybe even let's back up a step. What was your perception of what weightlifting is? Did you think it was powerlifting? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, so I have a experience or background that I'm sure many of our listeners probably have, and it was, you go from eighth grade to ninth grade here in the States, and uh, now you're a high school athlete. And with that comes weight rooms. And so I played football in high school, and so my first Experience wait, with uh, weightlifting. Tell them who was on your
0: high school football team.
1: Oh, <laughs> I played. I played football with Odell Beckham for <laughs> three
0: ODPJ. years. I think it's That's hilarious. I think it's awesome. How freaky was he?
1: His sophomore year, he was just really fast and not very big. His junior year, he started to say, "Oh, this guy's probably going to be an issue." And by his senior year, it was freaky. And then uh, a lot of people like to throw shade at him, but I've never seen a dude. <laughs> Worked so hard in off-season going from senior year to freshman year of college. We'd be doing two days, and that dude was just run stands nonstop. So he was actually recruited as an athlete to LSU. They didn't know what position he was going to play, and he showed up, and <laughs> the rest is history. Learned how to catch footballs. Back to your story. Yeah.
0: So um, ODBJ and you were in the weight rooms so getting it, reps in.
1: Yeah, I was just told, hey, if you want to run faster, if you want to jump higher, if you want to be more explosive, more explosive an athlete, like you got to do power cleans, hang cleans. Did you think that jerks, weightlifting that was powerlifting and, and so, powerlifting was weightlifting? Because the names are pretty. I had no idea what powerlifting was. I had never heard of that. I didn't probably never even heard of weightlifting, honestly. I just thought weightlifting yeah, was lifting was weights. Cool
0: to be clear, weightlifting is a sport involving two lifts, the clean and jerk and the snatch that you are scored on based on your body weight and how much weight you lift in each of the respective lifts. You total the weights and you get a medal based on how much you lift it's pretty simple power lifting is made up of bench press deadlift and squat and your score is also indicated by the total that you score by adding up or summing those three lifts and that's your total and based on your weight class if you lift the most in your weight class you win a medal as well one of them is based on your max strength the other one is based off of or your success is largely dictated by Technique, mobility, power output, strength levels, speed to a certain extent because of vertical velocity of the bar. So they're very different sports. People oftentimes don't understand that, but I'll dive into the nitty gritty of why weightlifting is different in this podcast. So, Hunter, you did those lifts. Did you get more explosive? Were you good at them? What <laughs> did you hate them?
1: So, was your teenage boy, just. Trying to compete with people, I had no business trying to compete with in the weight room. I was what you call a, uh, no, you a late bloomer, <laughs> and so uh, I lifted too much weights, trying to keep up with the people that had hit puberty three or when four years puberty, before I did. And uh, oh my junior goodness, junior of high school, wow. Yeah, I didn't really like I started to puberty when I was until 13, junior year. Man. Um, yeah, not yeah. me. I was a late bloomer, and and yeah. Besides having three knee surgeries, the first two years of high school, oh uh, my By the time I was a junior, I was one of the fastest people in my high You are high school, quick, actually. I mean, I've seen you sprint. You not are the quick. Fast.
0: You, you, yeah, should honestly, you should post more of that. I remember you sending me videos of you sprinting back last year when you started working with me.
1: and It wasn't just for fun. I, just didn't, I don't just send John no, videos of me sprinting. It was for form, it was form for But he was good. Critiques.
0: He's a very proficient <laughs> sprinter and very powerful. Super powerful. You're a good sprinter. You should definitely get more videos of that. That all said, my I'll experience was... <laughs>
1: Yeah, John, go ahead. Just let me tell take you it how over. I
0: heard about it. Also, I just realized that the note Please, that I put us. up is completely gone, Hunter. So I just want to say that I hate these notes. Just kidding. Anyways, my experience with it was... And we're back. So I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> my experience with it was first doing training for track and field. I used to study vertical jump religiously, and one of the guys, Jacob Hiller and... The jump manual, I believe, claimed to be more scientific and better and talked about stretch warning cycle and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. Not really. He was very basic looking back on it. Some of the stuff he said was true. But power cleans were in there. I remember buying it. There were a bunch of typos, and it was very unprofessional. But I did it. Didn't jump higher. (laughs) Did the program. Didn't jump higher. Wasn't progressed very well. There wasn't a lot of elements that needed to be in there to actually improve your vertical. But it taught me how to work hard. So I appreciate it to some extent. And then I got power plyometrics, did that, jumped way higher. And then I trained with Mike Young. Mike Young had a PhD in biomechanics, was 20 times as qualified and 20 times the coach that either of those programs were. Power plyometrics was really good, but that's because the guy that wrote it was the strength coach at Oregon, which is track town. And I started doing weightlifting. I started doing power cleans, snatch pulls, or derivatives of weightlifting. So the main lifts are power, or clean and jerk and snatch, full snatch. But you can do derivatives of them. You don't have to catch the bar in a full squat to do the to get the benefit of the lifts. You don't have to catch the bar overhead in snatch, and you don't have to do a jerk to get the benefit of the lifts. You can do derivatives of those or portions of the lift to receive the benefits of the lift itself. So I started doing the lifts, started getting way more powerful. I think my power clean went from 135 the first week when I tested to 215. In I want to say two to three months. I remember starting out and having to wrap a towel around the bar because every time it landed on my shoulders, it was really uncomfortable. I wasn't used to the bar hitting my neck. So that's how I started. I used to take a rubber band slide it over the, the bar sucked. It was like a bar from Dick's sporting goods. That was the whole set was like 200, 300 bucks, but I used the hell out of that set. I had a bench press and a squat rack in the back and I used to lift right in front of my refrigerator. I had like two inches was not a safe setup, <laughs> but I did it in my basement. The floor was not level. Many of the problems that I formed were because I was doing unsupervised weightlifting by myself, squatting, power clean, whatever else, not to depth, wasn't working on the mobilities that I needed and just was like grinding, just wanted to get better. So started doing them. Maxes went crazy high. My standing vertical went crazy high. I think my standing vertical in high school, my junior year went from 30 to 36 in three or four months. And then my running vertical went up to hard to say but my high jump increased from six foot consistently or five ten six foot consistently to six four three or four times that season and I was hurt leading into that looking back on it I realized hey this training worked really well and a big part of this training was getting my power clean up because my power clean was a direct correlate with my power production and that is why you should be doing it, but we'll get into the specifics of it here. Much of this information that I pulled is from a research article that just is a brief overview of weightlifting as a whole. It was published in, it's a review article. It is called Unique Aspects of Competitive Weightlifting, Performance Training and Physiology, University of Auckland, New Zealand. Really good article. It has 259, I lied, 267 citations in it. All articles that I would recommend reading at some, or I would make it a goal to read at some point (laughs) just to really get a full understanding of this, but really good overall. And I will sum it up for you guys because it does a good job of getting a lot of the data and statistics that I wanted to discuss in this podcast. Why are they valuable? That's really the, the reason that you're listening to this entire podcast is, why should I be doing weightlifting? Why not just do a hex bar deadlift or a hex bar jump? Why not do a squat jump? Why not do plyometrics? Why should I do Olympic weightlifting? It's way harder to learn. The risk of injury is way higher. It is going to take me a lot of time to be proficient, to really see the benefits of it. So I'll give you the counter arguments. One weightlifting as a sport is very complex. It requires you to be mobile. It requires you to be coordinated. It requires you to be fast. It requires you to be strong. The only thing it really doesn't ask you to do is be proficient in terms of endurance. But even then you could argue it develops work capacity, which is your ability to handle strength volume or strength stimuli. That all said alone is enough to motivate me to want to do it (laughs) because I want to be a better athlete. I want my athletes to be better athletes. I want them to learn how to learn. I want them to be able to pick up a new skill immediately because they have had to do it over and over again. If your argument is, I'm not gonna do this because it's hard to learn, how the frick, censoring myself, are you supposed to learn how to jump higher if you can't learn a very basic lift that you can break down sequentially, segmentally into three parts? How are you supposed to learn how to lengthen out your penultimate step or add some complexity to your sprint technique or jump off one foot if you're not even willing to learn a very fundamental basic lift that is going to benefit you for years to come? That is motor learning, your ability to learn. My dog took forever to learn how to sit. But once it learned, Oh, this is how I sit. Then it learned how to lay down and then it learned how to stay. And when it learned those basic motor patterns, now running became something easier for my dog to learn. Now jumping became something easier for my dog to learn because my dog got coordinated. It learned, this is how you achieve the motor task that I want to get done. If I want to jump over John's leg to get to the food bowl, I can do that now because I've acquired some general coordination. I've learned how to move my muscles so I can get done the tasks. That I want to get done. Now I can pull on the leash harder because I know how to coordinate my shoulder and hip axis. Some of that happens naturally, but my dog has learned how to learn. Now when I tell her, leave it, she's learned. That means drop it, open my mouth, let whatever's out of my mouth go. The same, excuse me, the same thing is true of weightlifting. If you want to get better at jumping and you want to be a better athlete, you have to learn how to learn. You have to learn how to move your body. If I decided at 27 years old that I want to learn how to throw a baseball, If I had all of the mobility requirements, what did you say? (laughs) Exactly. But if I had all the mobility abilities and I didn't lack there, I guarantee that I would have an easier time learning that than I would had I not learned how to do all of the motor tasks that I learned in the past. It's easier for me now to acquire that skill than it would have been for me in the past, not having learned, not having had learned to learn not having had learned how to speed jump not having had learned how to get full extension on the first two to three strides of my acceleration and it made me a better coach too it taught me how to teach other people to do that but that all said that's a major motivator for you wanting to learn how to do them moving on olympic lifts give you massive power outputs that's probably one of the biggest benefits of doing them and when you have a massive power output it is caused by an internal physiological response meaning it didn't just happen your body had to go through these internal biochemical processes to get your body to move in a certain way to move that barbell if you've been listening to the podcast you've heard me talk about neurons you've heard me talk about how muscular contractions happen you've heard me talk about the central nervous system and the spinal cord and reflexes and tendons and all of those things and lifting heavy weights fast is what weightlifting is And therefore, you're getting all of the benefits that come along with that are also specific to jumping. Meaning, if I'm trying to jump high, there has to be a huge neural drive in my brain. There has to be a huge volitional, voluntary drive in my brain and my spinal cord to the muscles. If I'm weightlifting, the same exact thing happens. The same exact thing. There is a ton of evidence that shows that there is a significant relationship between jumping, sprinting, agility, and weightlifting activity. Meaning, if you took a bunch of athletes and you looked at weightlifters, people that did clean and jerk and snatch, and you looked at powerlifters and football players and wrestlers and whatever else, and none of them had much experience jumping, and you just said, hey, do a standing vertical jump, or hey, sprint, or hey, do this, the weightlifters would do better. (laughs) And one of the biggest reasons why is because of this neural drive and the kinematics that underlie weightlifting. The kinematics that underlie weightlifting are exactly the same as the kinematics that underlie any propulsive activity, which is triple extension it is an extension of the ankle, hip, and knee in a simultaneous synchronized manner. That is what the second pull of weightlifting is. It is a synchronized push or drive against the ground, recruiting your hips, recruiting your quads, recruiting your hamstrings, recruiting your calves all in unison to get a massive force production, massive peak power outputs, massive peak force indicators, so high that they would actually maybe be better than what we would see in any other stimulus that we could possibly use. And even if there were other exercises that had higher peak power outputs, you get the benefit of variety. You get the benefit of endless derivatives of those lifts. You get the benefit of motor learning and coordination and skill acquisition. All of those things are blended into weightlifting and being able to weightlift efficiently and being able to weightlift well consistently anecdotally and both in research has been shown to improve or is related to has been shown to be related to performance improvements in all of these other indicators that we want in team sports settings, cutting, sprinting, jumping. It's really important. <laughs> Weightlifting is really important. It is why it is the first lift that I put in my programming. It is the first thing I put in because it's a high power activity that comes after the sprints or the jumping or the plows that I wanted to do that are higher, higher priority but it's a degree of separation away it allows me to get more of that specific volume in without frying my athlete as well as driving up their force generating capacity meaning the rate that they can generate force how much force they can generate and the time interval in which they can generate that force a lot of it very beneficial another reason why the vertical velocities in power snatch and power clean are very high you could see three meters per second in a power snatch Hunter, do you know what the vertical velocity of elite high jumpers is? No, <laughs> 4.6, 4.5 of men. Women would be around 4. That was I my think next maybe guess. maybe even 4.8. might even go to 4.8 or guess. higher. Maybe even closer to 5. For elite male high jumpers. Is three five? No. <laughs> but as far as moving a barbell is concerned, that is maybe the closest that you're going to see when you're looking at peak power outputs and times body weight and peak forces, that is some of the closest in terms of kinematics or the forces and the velocities that you're going to get in a weight room with a barbell to plyometrics and jumping in general off one leg or two legs. If you're looking at one foot jumping, it is highly neural. It's highly coordinated. There's a lot of benefit there. If you're looking at two foot jumping from a time point of view, a time stamp point of view, they're very similar. I would argue that the Olympic lifts, specifically power clean and power snatch, are some of the most beneficial lifts that you can do for two foot jumping because the time intervals are very similar when you're looking at the time to create peak force in each of those respective lifts and the time to generate peak force in two foot jumping. A two foot jump ranges anywhere from 350 to 200 milliseconds. Hunter, do you know how long in a mid thigh iso pull, which is basically the second pull in a clean or injur- in a clean or a snatch. Do you know roughly how long it is in milliseconds that it takes to create peak force? I'll get it's either a 100, 200, 300 or 300 to 400. Which one is it? Mid-thigh iso pull. How long does it take to generate peak force? Good guess. But no. <laughs> three to 400, three to 400 milliseconds to generate <laughs> peak force, meaning in a lift, if you didn't have the bar moving or whatever else in your strongest position it would take you three to four hundred milliseconds to generate peak force in a two-foot jump guess how long you have on the ground to generate peak force 100
1: milliseconds. sorry two foot jump
0: <sighs> keep going 200 milliseconds <laughs> 300 yep, milliseconds there between three and four hundred milliseconds oh that's super similar <laughs> Crazy how that, how that correlates. correlates. Isaiah's Didn't power see that going. two foot jumping, he hit touch 12 too. Crazy. His max strength went up and that drove up his power clean and that made him have the potential to jump higher in two foot jumping. Crazy how that works. A lot of benefit to be gained from doing Did not these see that coming. weightlifting derivatives. Further, the rate of force development that you would see in a power clean or a snatch or power snatch, you would see happen in less than 250 milliseconds, meaning it still has value for a one foot jump or anything less than 300 milliseconds, which by the way, is basically anything in sport worth doing (laughs) operate, sprinting, cutting, being able to accelerate and change direction, jumping, jumping off one foot. All of those abilities are in very short time intervals. Weightlifting is going to develop very short time, the ability to produce force in very short time intervals, especially in that second pool. A lot of value there if you look at a lot of the work of mike stone and what he's done at etsu studying weightlifting his entire life this is just reiterated time and time again is how valuable weightlifting and training like a weightlifter is that's why as a sport i chose to go intern for two years in olympic weightlifting olympic training site for olympic weightlifting meaning it was the best weightlifters in the country the best people at clean and jerk and snatch. And I want to know how do you train? And I spent every day in that weight room, learning from their coach, Vance Newgard, and all the athletes there. If you guys are one of those athletes, I know Connor, you follow the podcast, or I'm guessing you might, Kenny, you might listen to it, Paul Womer. These guys, good friends of mine that lifted in that weight room. Some of the best times of my life were in that weight room. And as a sport, it's really cool as well. But all that said, as a sport, there was a lot to be gained for me as a coach that works with jumpers or sprinters, because I learned, how do you do these things at the highest level? Let's take it a degree of- Is there any point in diminishing In terms return? of jumping? Of course, but- Yeah. There's always diminishing returns. There's diminishing returns in plyos, there's diminishing returns so, in doing approach jumps, there's diminishing returns in sprinting. As you get closer to being better, everything is not as effective. <laughs> so you wanna try to basically say, who gives a fuck about diminishing returns? I wanna blow through diminishing returns. If diminishing returns are a wall, so much I for st-
1: uh, so much for not saying the right through that. I wanna one.
0: steamroll it. I wanna blow through any barrier or plateau. I wanna make them non-existent, which means you have to drive up every potential, anything that could potentially improve your performance, you should be seeking to improve to the greatest degree because your goal is to leave no stones unturned. That all said, you want to do it in a safe and effective manner, and that's where a good coach can help you. Probably more importantly, a safe and effective manner. But weightlifting, again, very important. Driving up your weightlifting skill has also correlated with increases in type 2A volume and cross-sectional area. You might not gain more type 2 fibers because that's in research. We haven't seen that happen. If you were to look at the cross-sectional area of the vastus lateralis by taking a piece of that muscle out and looking at it under a microscope and counting how much type two and type one there was across that continuum, you would see that weightlifters basically have the same amount of type two fiber as Joe Blow walking around the street. But what you would also see is that the volume of those type two fibers and the cross-sectional area of those type two fibers is way higher. And as you get more type two relative to type one volume, the number of them matters, but the volume of those or how big those muscle fibers are, is almost more important. If I had a big old chunk of type two fiber this big, and then a tiny little, or let's say the size of two fists type two fiber, and then I had one fist of type two fiber, and then the other fist was type one fiber, the two fists of type two fiber, no matter how many number of them are there, versus the two fists that one of them is type one and the other one's type two, you obviously wanna max out the size of your type two fibers because that's going to increase your power output. That is one of the biggest benefits that you receive from doing weightlifting is that you increase the cross-sectional area of those type two fibers. One counter argument is if I do more weightlifting, I'm actually going to see a shift from type two X to type two a. So those are not as powerful and that might decrease the contraction velocity. And then obviously decrease my ability to run fast and jump high. So why would I do it in the first place? you might have more type 2x but they might be the size of your pinky versus the guy over here that has cannons worth of type 2a fiber that is going to be able to produce force faster and better than the little bit of type 2x that you have further we also see when you do a correct taper that type 2a will actually shift back to type 2x and the sum of the parts is greater than the whole meaning all of that work that you did to maximize that type two, a fiber, you're going to see more of a benefit when you deload and taper correctly than you would from just not doing it all (laughs) together. So it's far better for you in terms of outcomes. We see that over and over again, performance wise, not even correlation, but causation before and after groups doing weightlifting, the group that did the weightlifting sees greater performance improvements in every metric that would be interesting, vertical jump, squat, jump, counter movement jump without a pause, depth jump, sprinting, change in direction. You can just Google scholar this stuff and you'll see these changes over and over again. Another benefit of weightlifting power specifically power, clean and power snatch and the type of training that they do, you can increase strength and power concurrently. You can't do that in powerlifting. If you're a power lifter, you don't see the benefits that you see in weightlifting. You will not see the changes in type two X fibers or type two a you will not see the cross-sectional area of those muscles increase to a greater degree than the type one fibers. And the reason being is because there's no time dependent variable that dictates your success in powerlifting, meaning you can lift the weight as slow as you want. Actually, you're better at producing force when you lift it slow. So it's beneficial for you to lift the weight more slowly. <laughs> so as a powerlifter, you're not going to get those benefits that you would get by doing a power clean or doing a power snatch because there has to be intent to get that vertical velocity high enough to lift that bar 72% of your body height in a snatch or in a power clean, to get the power output, to lift that bar 65% of your standing height, you need a ton of force very quickly. A squat, a deadlift, and a bench press does not require that. It doesn't require you to produce the force fast. And as an athlete, that's what we care about. (laughs) Weightlifting as a whole, very beneficial for jumping, sprinting, whatever else, when planned appropriately. That said, I also progress inside of just doing those Olympic lifts. I'll start with clean pulls early in the season and end with a counter movement, lightweight hang clean, because I'm able to take advantage of different force velocity metrics and contractile velocities, as well as training to train and getting this compounding effect where the power cleans that I did early in the year are going to make the hang cleans that I do later in the year, more potent. And there's more, Polished ways of explaining this. I think, Hunter, I don't know if you have the correct terminology, but it's very beneficial not only to include them, but also to put them in the correct order. I'm looking at my notes here and seeing if there's anything that I missed. One other thing, two other things. We've observed 17 times body weight at the jerk dip. That's massive. That's more than sprinting, 17 times body what? weight during the jerk dip. That is. Huge. What does that At the jerk, the jerk dip? is when the bars so, on your shoulders. If you're, you have to dip down, yep. and on that dip down, as the bar flexes down, and you're getting to basically yield, or you're in this very, you're amortizing, and you're producing a ton of isometric force. You're just holding that weight because you down, you generated a downward negative vertical velocity. Then you check that momentum, so you have to bring that negative vertical velocity back to zero before you push up again. You might want to have good. Yeah, doing this. <laughs> but. Those types of forces, you're not going to see in anything else. You're not going to see those types. Even in high jump, I think the highest is like 14 times body weight. It's on a single leg, whereas that's double leg. But that's a ton of force centrally that you have to be able to produce. Meaning on one leg, yeah, you might get up to 14 times body weight. But as far as neural drive is concerned from the brain and the spinal cord and everything else, you, you almost can't see higher neural drive. You're not going to see higher EMG activities. You're not going to see the brain more stimulated than in that activity, even in one foot jumping. Another thing, people will say, can I do these if I'm young, am I gonna get hurt? We, research has actually indicated that, or has demonstrated, or evidence has demonstrated that lifting more as a younger kid gives you the capacity to lift more as an adult. Higher frequencies, greater volumes, greater workloads. And the argument about injuries is preposterous. The incidence of it, injury and in weightlifting sport as a sport is considerably lower than the incidence in football, soccer, softball, baseball, any team sport. Way lower. <laughs> We've actually seen that the incidence of injury goes down when you do weightlifting and derivatives of weightlifting, meaning high bar Olympic style back squat, front squats all weightlifting with weightlifting standards. Being able being coordinated enough to do a full snatch or a full clean and jerk we see increases in bone density and mineral and mineral density in the bones. If you're a female, there's added benefit. Even if you're a female or a kid, there's a ton of benefit. It actually, people are like, Oh, your growth plates, it does the opposite. It actually makes your bones denser and stronger. <laughs> like, and further the changes in hormone profile from doing weightlifting, you could see increases of 4.5 to 13 times your resting gl- growth hormone. When you weightlift. do you know what growth hormone does? It's responsible for you getting bigger and stronger taller, bigger, stronger, bone structure, everything else. Why would you not want, especially during development, assuming that you don't have too much workload and you're not overtraining, why would you not want those benefits? just seems preposterous to me. Highest peak forces recorded in literature coming from weightlifting, 5,442 watts and 6,981 watts. Those are the highest peak power outputs, highest power outputs observed or wattages observed out of any sport is occurring in weightlifting, the sport of weightlifting. The entire point of this podcast was to say, it is worth doing. (laughs) It is worth learning. It is worth having in your programming. And if you don't, you are missing out on a very potent, effective stimulus to improve jumping, sprinting, cutting, anything else. That's the end of my soapbox. Hunter, do you have any questions?
1: No questions. Granted, I've had the uh, benefit of being able to just ask you questions through my training, but a uh, take home message for the layman like me is that if you are trying to maximize your athleticism, it behooves you to take weightlifting very seriously. And when I say that, I don't mean just put up as much weight as possible, I'm really learning how to properly perform the exercises and then maximizing your strength in those exercises because the direct carryover into your athletic performance will be very noticeable.
0: For sure. Thanks for listening guys in closing remarks here, like this week's podcast. If you can also please share it, rate it, review it. It helps us win the algorithm for Apple, YouTube, Spotify, and helps us get to the top of that algorithm so we can get this content out to more people and helping more people. We love you guys so much. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you on tomorrow's episode. See you.